Welcome to this episode of the Business of Practice podcast, where we focus on the financial and human sides of equine veterinary medicine. In this episode, Amy Grice, BMD, MBA, is going to talk to us about equine practice inventory control. Dr. Grice was an equine practitioner for more than 20 years before starting veterinary business consulting. She has veterinarians and practice owners on a wide variety of projects and challenges, and she is the current AAEP treasurer. The Business of Practice podcast is brought to you by Care Credit. Welcome, Dr. Grice. Nice to see you again. Thanks for having me. Well, we certainly appreciate you uh, coming and joining us today on this important topic. And I'm just going to jump right in. Why do equine veterinarians have inventory? Well, obviously, um, we need it because we can't practice without it. And sometimes we can't get it fast enough. Um, Some of you may have heard of just-in-time inventory. Well, that just doesn't work with horse doctors. Um, Another reason is that you might only be able to get a certain kind of medication or medical supply in a multi-use quantity. And so then you'd simply have to store it on the shelf. And sometimes by buying a little bit more, you can save a significant amount of money. People have to be careful with that, though. Uh, you know, they don't want things to expire. And then a big one that pretty much every equine veterinarian has had this challenge is back orders. Back orders happen and you hope that your representative from your distributor gives you a little bit of a warning so you can put a little bit extra on your shelf. So we have to have it. Um, Inventory control is really all about protecting what you already own. So you bought this stuff and you need to take care of it. And then the other thing is inventory management. And that's management is like minimizing what it costs you to fill orders. Because if you think about it, if you have somebody shopping and shopping for the lowest price to save 25 cents here or a dollar there, The cost of their wages, if you're really having them spend a lot of time seeking out the very best deal on every single item, may end up not being efficient. It may cost you more. The other thing is you want to be able to get the right stuff, the right amount of the right stuff at the right time at the right price. So that's inventory management, and it's different than inventory control. And oh my goodness, it's so important because the cost of professional services, part of your expenses, which is medications, medical supplies, laboratory fees, things like that. That's the second largest category of expense for veterinarians. So it's really important and it's a common cause of poor cash flow when inventory is not managed well. Well, I was just going to say, when you talked about it's the largest expense, the second largest expense, and that's following what? Uh, Employee costs. So costs for wages and benefits, um, continuing ed, things like that. Uh, Employee cost is the highest. You know, and and once we have inventory on our shelves, you know, it, it costs money to have it there. There's ordering costs, which I mentioned. And that can add 15 to 20% to the cost of the item. 
when you think about somebody's got to make the grocery list and then somebody's got to figure out where they're going to order it from. There's um, having that order come in, unpacking the order, checking. And this is a super important thing to do. Checking the piece of paper, the invoice inside the box to see if the price went up. And if the price went up since the last time you purchased it, it's really important to get that new price into the software so that you're not spending, you know, money by not charging enough. I remember when doxycycline went from $36 for a bottle to $360. And it caught it it took we missed it for about three weeks. And my practice was in the Northeast and we used a lot of doxycycline. So imagine the horror when we realized we'd missed that. So you don't want to miss that. Another um, cost that inventory gives you is the holding cost. Imagine you've got this inventory, right? You can't let it freeze. You can't let it boil in 100 degree weather. So you need a lighted, heated, insured space. What if it burns up? Okay, so you have to insure it. And then somebody's got to keep it clean and count it and dust it and make sure that it's there, right? And so those holding costs can add another 8 to 15%. And that's before shrinkage. Shrinkage is... So when things expire, when you drop them, like that bottle of Dermosidan that you drop on the driveway and it breaks into a million pieces and you're like, oh my God, that cost me a lot of money or theft. I remember once going to see a horse that had flipped over, hit its head. It was flopping like a fish and I was running back and forth to my truck. So I left the back of it open. At one point, I went back to my truck that was open and there was a big bodybuilder kind of guy pulling the drawers in and out going, wow, this is a really slick unit. And I didn't. I just was thinking about the horse flopping like a fish trying to squish its owner who wouldn't get out of the way. Well, when I got back to the clinic, I realized that he had taken all of my uh, all of my HCG all of my, you know, just all this stuff that the bodybuilders would use. Anyway, so that's shrinkage when people steal stuff. And then, of course, there's damage because when you put stuff in your truck thinking you're going to dispense it and it rides around in your truck, it kind of gets roughed up and it starts to not look very worthy of being sold at retail. So things start to get damaged when they're in your truck for too long. So you, those are all ways to lose more money. So even before shrinkage, every dollar of inventory that you have can cost the practice 23 cents to 35 cents just for ordering and holding. And that's before you drop the bottle of Dermosidan. Oh my gosh. That's a lot. Well, when you're talking about, you, you mentioned your uh, your friend who went uh, rummaging through your truck. I mean, what's the best way to keep people or, or keep your inventory safe? Well, it's really important. And a lot of people don't think about this, but to keep your inventory locked up and to actually count it. 
One of my mentors, Andy Clark, came to my practice where we we were had a big, big pharmacy and it was not locked. And he said, Amy, how much value is in your inventory? They said, oh, about 120,000. And he said, Amy, would you put $120,001 bills on the shelf? And because we're all a family and we trust everybody and nobody does anything wrong, would you not ever lock it up and not ever count it? And I said, okay. All right. You got me there. Um, Your inventory is money. And so you need to count it. You need to know what you have and you need to to make it difficult for it to disappear. That means locking your pharmacy and being careful about your truck, locking your truck. Especially with controlled substances, which require a double lock. And so a lot of the units have locking drawers as well. And that's a double lock. If you have a lockable drawer and a lockable truck, um, you can you can be just fine with that double lock system in an ambulatory vehicle. You can also have a small lock box and that works, too. Well, how do veterinarians, I know a lot of veterinarians, they, they worry about running out. Oh, my gosh. I need to have, you know, 10 bottles of this because what if I run out? So what, how do you avoid that? Well, one of the things that's very, very true is if you have someone who's ordering in your practice and someday you come back and there's no banamine on the shelf and you are down to, you know, maybe one dose of banamine and you're freaking out. If you yell at that person, you can be absolutely sure that you'll have several cases of banamine on your shelf hereafter, never going to run out again. You're going to have enough for a year all the time. So be careful about how you treat the person that's ordering it, because in order to keep your inventory lean, you have to, you know, sometimes you're not going to have something. And in that case, if you're in a multi-doctor practice, you say, hey, can you give me a banamine out of your truck? Um, and so that you can be on call that night. For a solo practitioner, you don't want to run out. But if you have a colleague and you find yourself suddenly, oh, my God, I forgot to order that. Um, it's good to have good relationships with your colleagues. And you can probably go ahead and get um, what you need from a colleague and just simply pay them back. Counting your inventory and knowing what you have is really super important. And the way to do that efficiently is to to segregate your inventory into different types of inventory. So you've got your double A items. Those are your items that you need to have all the time and you can't run out of. There are also items that are expensive, that are worth a lot of money, that you've paid a lot of money for. And perhaps they are ones that might have some street value, like a multi-dose vial of Adequan or some legend, things that could walk and somebody could sell at a barn. You want to count those items, if not daily, at least weekly, 
And it can be a fairly short list, but the thing to remember is Pareto's principle, 20% of your items account for 80% of your revenue from inventory. And so when you figure out which those items are, you wanna count them regularly. There's some other items that just don't matter, like brown gauze or you know things that are simply just medical supplies that are, are pennies compared to those other items. And really important to know what you have. The Business of Practice podcast is brought to you by Care Credit. Care Credit keeps equine veterinarians at the heart of care by providing horse owners with simple, budget friendly financing options. By bridging the gap between cost and care, Care Credit supports healthy financial relationships between veterinarians and their clients. It can help them move forward with care a horse needs whenever and wherever it's needed. You had talked about for decreasing your inventory turnover time. What does that mean? You know, there's a, actually a calculation that you can make. Um, and so for most practices, your, uh, your accountant has you count your inventory at the end of the year as close to December 31st as you can um, in order to have that as a valued as an asset on your balance sheet because it's, as I said before, it's money, right? So money is an asset. So your inventory is an asset. And so typically you count as close to January 1st as you can. So what you do is you look at the value of your inventory at the end of the year for it's on your balance sheet and then you compare it to the next year so there should be 12 months between the two values so you add those two together and divide by two that gives you your, your average inventory and then you look to see in your PL how much did you spend in that year to purchase inventory items. Then you take that total cost of your inventory purchases and you divide it by your average inventory. That's your inventory turn ratio. That's how many times your inventory on your shelf is turning every year. So if you spend $10,000 a month on inventory and you have $120,000 of inventory sitting in your pharmacy, you've got a year of inventory there. And if you could get your inventory turn ratio up closer to 12, then you'd have an extra bunch of money in your pocket, right? Um, you wouldn't have that 120 sitting there. If you could get it, you know, the, the, the recommended uh, number of days of inventory is 30 to 45 days. So that's, you know, eight to 12 turns. So you want an inventory turn ratio of eight to 12. So if you want to know how many days on hand of inventory you have, you simply take 365 days and divide it by your inventory turns. And then you'll know how many days you have. Good. Yeah. 
And, you know, it does, it does mean you have to find your balance sheet and you find your, you know, a couple balance sheets, a couple of P&Ls. And, you know, that is a challenge for, for some practices, you know, because they get them from the accountant and they put them on the shelf and never are they seen again, you know, but uh, managing things can really save you money. And you'll remember I said that um, poor inventory management is a common cause of poor cash flow. Well, if you sell inventory and you don't get paid for it when you pass it over, then you have to pay for it before you get the money for using it from your clients. And that can really wreck your cash flow. The other thing people do is they're in a hurry and they get, uh, you know, they've got to get to the next client. The client says, oh, doc, you forgot to leave me. I'm trimethoprim sulfa. I need some SMZ tablets. They lob it out the window. They never remember to put it on the invoice. And so, you know, they have to sell how much more inventory before they'll even get back to zero because that costs them money and they failed to get paid for it at all. So, you know, getting paid at the time that you pass over these expensive medications, that can really, really help your cash flow. Don't bill them out. Yeah. Actually, getting paid at the time of service is 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 the way to go all around, you know, for better cash flow and and simply a better uh, business management. Yeah. So these two things kind of come into play with what you were just talking about. So you don't want to have all these um, inventories on your shelves, but how do you avoid expired and and what you just talked about the lost inventory how do you not run into those problems well you definitely are going to run into those problems if you don't um keep a good close look at your inventory and what that means is if you have a slow day that either you or your assistant um goes through the truck and checks it expiration dates, checks, sometimes product, you might have a couple of bottles of something on there and and just the way that they're in the nestled into the little places where you store your drugs, you may not have them in the right order to use the one that's going to expire first. The other thing is that most of the uh, distributors will take back medications if they are close to expiration or or you know, have just expired. And so, but they're not taking them back if they're completely roughed up by the road. If you've written on the top of a jar of something with Sharpie, um, or if they're months and months and months out of date. So, you know, treating your inventory as a really valuable asset, because it is, um, is important. It's like, you know, your truck is full of of, you know, five and 10 and $20 bills. Um, So you don't want to waste them, burn them up or, you know, rip them up. Now, I know that some management softwares for practices have an inventory component, but you don't have to have that. You can do this 
I mean, if you're a solo practitioner, you can just keep your inventory on a spreadsheet or whatever. But the practice management software probably makes it easier. You know, a lot of them now are set up so that you can uh, have particular lists of inventory that are used in um, providing certain services, um, linked lists that pop up when you, I'm going to say, uh, so you pass a nasogastric tube at a colic. So maybe you get a drop down list that you could choose. Did you put electrolytes down the nasogastric tube? Did you put mineral oil down? Did you use Epsom salts? Did you, like, what did you put down that nasogastric tube? Maybe it was just water. That doesn't have a charge for it. But um, it allows you to pick up, um, you know, a dose. So you decide what is a dose, and then it's automatically added to your invoice and automatically subtracted from your inventory. As you can imagine, having the right dose that you pick and then in the middle of making your invoice, choosing the right quantity so that your inventory ends up accurate can be very difficult. It works really, really nicely with bandaging. So you might have different types of apply bandage, depending on what type of a bandage it is, whether it's a Robert Jones, a stack wrap, a, just a simple bandage. But then you have a drop down list of all the possibilities of things that you could use from your inventory to do that bandage. And so you're, you know, you're choosing if you use one and a half Elasticon, you have to make sure that you put in 1.5 as the quantity. Otherwise, your inventory is messed up, but it can at least help you. They are rarely going to end up super accurate. Some large practices use something different because of those challenges. Um, some practices use something called QuickBooks point of sale. Um, and they, there's actually the barcode feature so that as people are taking things out of the pharmacy to stock in their trucks, they can actually run the barcodes across and they're automatically taken out. We all know there's things with no barcodes though. And so one can make barcodes, but then you have to have a sheet that you then are using, um, the little gun to click off, you know, it can get kind of tedious and confusing. So some people have one, um, one person doing inventory of, they just have a, have a check sheet of what you took to restock your truck. And then somebody else enters it into the inventory point of sale software. So there's no perfect solutions, but somebody needs to be on top of it. Um, the old way was always to have cards on the shelf. And you would set the car, you had the, the amount that you wanted to have on the shelf. And then you would have a reorder point and the card would sit at the reorder point to give you a, a visible signal that it was time to reorder. So there's a lot of different ways to do it. The most important thing is that you know what you have and that you count the expensive and important items very frequently so that you know if you're getting behind or you know if you've got things disappearing that should be on the shelf. Okay. And 
We've covered a lot today. Is there any kind of take home that you would like to leave with the veterinarians who, or even the, the techs who are listening to this? Um, I think probably the most important thing about inventory is understanding that it's never going to be perfect. And for those of us, many veterinarians are perfectionists and they, you know, if they can't, if the count isn't perfect, it really, really bothers them. It is very hard because of the way inventory uh, is, can be tracked and we used partial bottles and we, you know, we redose sometimes and it doesn't make it on the invoice. Things, just the challenge of inventory, it's difficult and it will never be perfect, but good enough is a worthy cause. And just because it can't be perfect doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Well, those are, are great words to live by, especially with the perfectionists of equine veterinarians. So thank you very much, Dr. Grice, for joining us today to talk about this topic. And we appreciate all of our listeners. And you can always go back and listen to other topics on the Business of Practice podcast. And we especially want to thank our sponsor, Care Credit, for helping us bring all this great information. And if you have any questions or comments, you can send me an email at kbrown, that's the letter K Brown, at equinenetwork.com. The Business of Practice podcast is a production of the Equine Podcast Network, an entity of the Equine Network, LLC. 